The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi everyone, Maca19 here and you are listening to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast on Port Fan Radio and joining me tonight, as always, in the co-host chair, we got Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? I'm flat, Macca. It's pretty I'm sad, flatter, isn't it? I'm flatter than a bloody cushion that Ricky May would have sat on for like two days. That's how flat I am. That's a very old reference there. <laughs> <laughs> you know who Ricky May is, don't you? I do know who Ricky May is, yes. Yes, he was a good man. But that's so our Trevor Anderson last week, Ricky May this week. I'm showing my age. You are. You are. But good news is I'm not as old as Harold. <clears throat> this is true. This is very true. <laughs> and look, uh, we are joined by the host of our Maggie's Hour on the Port Found Radio Network, uh, Wolfric Nick. Hey guys, how you going? Good mate, thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure. Apologies for being late. Uh, we had some technical difficulties and everyone's uh, restarted their computers and should be all set now. So, Hope thank so. you for being patient. I'll take the blame, Macca. It was my fault. <clears throat> no doubt. No doubt. My IT incompetence. Mm. This is it. So, what's going on, boys? How are you well, guys? Look, I certainly doing? didn't think, uh, well, I didn't think we'd be sitting here talking about a loss, that's for sure. That was unexpected. Right. And. I have to say, I I posted on footy on Sunday that if Port Adelaide lost, I would sing the the Brisbane song. Um, I will do that on Thursday, but I'm not in front of my computer, so I don't even know the words to the bloody uh, the song. So you have to wait, but I will honour that. Probably I'll, for I'll the do, best. <laughs> I'll do that on Thursday. I'll do a Jonathan Brown version. Oh. It's going to be thrilling radio, that is. That's going to be awesome. I'm sure <laughs> Look, everyone's send in ready your tweets. for it. Let's see it. Send in your tweets, people, to uh, either hashtag PortFanRadio or at PortFanRadio, and we will get round to them. We want to know why did we lose, and uh, how can we turn this season around? Can we turn the season around? And that's it. So where do you want to so start? I guess we'll... Uh, We'll find out tonight. We might as well start with our love and hate. Uh, one thing we loved, one thing we hated about Port Adelaide this week. Uh, Rick, do you want to start with your love, mate? Oh, well, I, I love the fact that I thought our midfields and uh, our second-tier players um, played pretty well from what I saw. I didn't, And I'll admit I didn't get to see the whole game, but um, I liked what I saw from uh, Andrew Moore and Brendan Archie. Um, especially in the uh, in the second half of the uh, our seconds match, did you guys uh, yep. have a look? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously, Nick, you would have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, were well, you you guys? And I'm sure we'll probably talk about it at some stage anyway. But um, yeah, I thought Andrew Moore looked really good, especially in the last quarter there. So uh, he'll be uh, he'll be one uh, staking a claim to get in our underperforming midfield. Yeah, definitely didn't look like he'd been away for three weeks. He got into that team and just played as if he was, yeah, as if he was there, all the time. Well, these guys are training. It's not like they're doing nothing 
when they're not. So they're only missing out on game day, and then they they do extra training to compensate the fact that they're not actually playing match practice anyway. So sometimes yeah. I wonder if uh, the coaches are beating it up too much and uh, reading a little bit too much into it. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. And my hate, which we'll talk about shortly, but. I uh, I didn't really like our work ethic, to be honest. I, mm. uh, I the seniors. Uh, we've either got we've got a major issue. Like I said, we'll talk about it in a sec. But we're either not fit, which means there's <laughs> Burjo hasn't done something right, or we're not working hard enough. And um, the telltale sign to me was in the last quarter. Is it Toby Green for Brisbane? Josh Green. Josh Green. He. Yep. Um, he started a play about 70 metres out, um, dished it off, ran hard. Uh, no one tracked him and then was on the receiving end inside 50 and ran in, kicked a great goal. I mean, yep. to me, that was just pure work ethic. He was willing to run harder than everybody else. And, I think um, that was even further than 70 metres out. That was on the halfback flank when he started that. Was it even further out? Well, there you go. Yeah. But, I mean, I it, to me, it was just an indictment on our players that no one ran with them. And this this would not have happened in the last two years under Hinkley. And and to me, that that's part of the reason why I think it's probably work rate more than anything. That's it. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think there might be a fitness issue there. As you said, we'll talk about this uh, in detail a little bit later on. I'm not sure if we're unfit, though. I'm going to take a different tack on that one. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that a bit later. Uh, Nick, what was your love and hate, mate? All right, uh, my love uh, definitely. The Maggie is keeping the power, res- uh, so the Crows reserves to a winless run this season, and it's also their three nil against them so far. It's it's fantastic. It's I just love that having that hold over them. It's a great feeling. So uh, it is. Yeah. And the Maggie is certainly Crows... a positive out of the weekend. Certainly was. Do the Crows take the Essena feel seriously? Do you think? Are they in it to win? Well, the first half, they looked like they were trying to go for that win. So uh, I guess we just held on and in the end ran over them. So I, I don't think they they are not taking it. They don't take it non-seriously. They they do take it pretty seriously, especially because it helps a lot of their reserves you know, step up into the role that they are needed because how many injured do they have in the actual uh, AFL side? Yeah, that's it. I mean, they're playing a lot of reserves players, like uh, uncontracted players. Yeah. Um, so there, there's probably a legitimate reason why the Adelaide SANFL team isn't much chop at the moment, and that's because they're probably about seven or eight players short from what they would normally expect to be in that side. So Yeah, a few top-up players. But who cares? There. We beat them anyway, so that's great. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and as for my hate, I reckon my hate would have to be the current cloud that's circling over power. I mean, everyone is doubting them to finish uh, strong this year. It's like we've lost touch with it, and a lot of people are doubting that you know they're not going to go the distance for the rest of the season. Whereas I reckon we still can pick it up. So I just my hate is the people who already have that doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's. Uh... It's a long season. There's still plenty of the year left. There's still plenty of time for us to turn this around. We might win the next 10 games straight. You never know. I mean, it happened with Geelong. It happened with Brisbane in their premier, in their first premiership years um, where they had a pretty sluggish start. Everyone wrote them off, and then um, they went on these 
huge winning runs and, and won the flag, which was pretty unexpected. So, about Richmond's I mean, nine lives know, before we destroyed them last year. Yeah, well, that's right. Absolutely. As the saying goes, you can never write off Port Adelaide. And, you know, we've proven that time and time again, and hopefully we can prove that again this year. Exactly right. And what about you, Macca? Look, my love is uh, my man JP. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it's not going to be Jasper Pittard. It's my man, uh, the form of Jesse Palmer in the reserves. Um, I picked him. Yes. <laughs> I picked him as the player that I was most interested in um, of all the draftees. As on face value, I, I thought it was a bit of an odd choice to uh, to pick a player that um, in a position that we had yeah, in pretty much abundance um, already on our AFL squad. But uh, you know what? He's delivering at the moment um, in the SANFL. I still think maybe a little bit of a, a lack of pace, especially off the mark, might be an issue. But uh, look, he gets in good position. He's really tough at the bowl. Knows how to kick goals. He's got good skills. Um, and, you know, he's uh, developing lot, uh, pretty nicely at the moment. Yeah, not What's wrong his there. dimensions again, boys? What, what sort of player is he? He's pretty much the same. or He's very, very similar to Paul Stewart in terms of height. Um, and, and weight, body shape, that sort of thing. Maybe a, a tiny bit smaller. I think he's about 189 centimetres. So. Right. So he's kind of uh, like course, a... Like a... Yeah, he, he plays a lot like Gus Monfries, Andrew Moore, that sort of player. Yep. Awesome. Mm. What'd you hate? Oh, look, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, lack of defensive pressure from the midfield. Um, you know, they're just leaving our back line out to dry at the moment. Um, and it's almost a bit of a fallback to the late Choco days of, uh, of us having no two-way running. Um, it's, and it's everyone involved at the moment from the captain down. Now, there could be reasons behind this and uh, no doubt we'll uh, touch on them in a moment. Um, but look, the pressure on their midfield was a real key to their game. Um, and it was a real key to our game in 2014 as well. And, you know, it's pretty much nowhere to be seen at the moment. Yeah. It was, I was only joking around a couple of weeks ago when I said it was very Choco-esque with the uh, the inside 50 efficiency comment. They didn't have to uh, deliver on that. I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I'm, I'm actually proud of you, Macca, knowing the scoreline that you actually still watch the whole game. It's oh. uh, That's quite an accomplishment <laughs> because after the first five minutes, it was all downhill from there. Yeah. Look, I was working all day Sunday and... Obviously, didn't get a chance to watch the game, and you know, I tried my hardest not to find out what the result was or what the scoreline was, but I can't help myself. And you know, it, uh, I got a couple of texts saying, "You know, this is uh, this is pretty ordinary," and I thought, "Oh, here we go." So I checked the score, and you know, we were up by about eight points at that stage, and I thought, "Yeah, maybe it's going to be a bit of, you know, a bit of a dull game, but we'll still get over the line." And you know, finished work at uh, at half time, ran to my car, checked the score, and we were down by four goals. And I can't repeat what I said in the car at the time, but it certainly wasn't <laughs> pleasant. And uh, decided not to listen to the second half. I thought I'd, uh, I'd do my hardest to wait and check the score when I got home, and it wasn't any better then either. So I think it's actually probably easier to watch a game like that once the emotion of it's out of it. I knew what the result was. Mm. I could calm myself down before I watched the game um, and could sort of try and find reasons as to why we lost instead of just swearing at my computer. So... Fair enough. All right, so where are we going? Look, we'll what go are we straight doing? straight into the AFL review, I think. And, uh, you know, round seven didn't go as planned in any sense of the word. And 
we played Brisbane at the Gabba in front of a, a pretty dismal 15,000 people and shockingly lost by about 37 points, uh, 8 goals 17 to 15 goals 12. Uh, Gus Monfries with three goals was the only multiple goal scorer. I guess there's a lot to talk about here and, and lots to sort of dissect. Um, where do we start? That's the million-dollar question. Well, maybe we should start with the uh, the Pandora box of uh, of this fitness issue. What's your um, what's your theory? We are getting a lot of queries over our fitness, and you've got to say deservedly so at this point. Um, we've struggled to run out games all year. Um, I think it's uh, we've kicked thirty four goals in second halves this year. Um, op- our opposition has kicked fifty eight goals, so it's a, a difference of twenty four. More goals to the opposition in seven rounds, and we've only won second half this year. You know, I don't think that we're not fit. I don't think that's actually possible to be unfit at this stage of the year, um, especially considering you know we up the ante in terms of the amount of running and, and training that we did in the preseason. I actually think that's the problem. I actually think that maybe we've overdone it this year. We've got the uh, you know we've got that balance wrong, and they're actually too fatigued at this stage of the season, and we're having trouble running out games because we just don't have that run in our legs at the moment. So if that's the case, how do, how do we reverse this? Is it, is it reversible? Well, it's uh, that's a million-dollar question. And A, I'm not sure if it is reversible, and if it is, I'm not sure how we go about it. I mean, that's up for the, uh, the fitness ta- uh, staff to try and work out. But, I mean, I could be completely off kilter here, and it could be a mental issue. It could be, up, you know, one of a dozen different issues, but... I don't know. I think uh, given our poor form in second halves this year, I think it's more than just coincidence that every single game we've played this year, we've been diabolical after halftime. And I think it's a fitness issue. I think it's clear to see that our players just aren't able to run as hard as what they did last year. Um, and they've, they've got to try and, and find a way to work it out. Well, what do you reckon, Nick? Do you agree with Macca? I actually do. I actually do think that they've uh, overworked themselves in the preseason, and it's coming back to bite them. And uh, yeah, I think they're over. Uh, they're a little tired. I mean, you can see it in the, as uh, Max said in the second halves that they just look more tired than they normally do, especially last season, which uh, I mean, we used to run out the fourth quarter so well, and it's mm. just not happening anymore. That's yeah, it. I'm not. It's a fine line. I'm not. Over... It's a fine line between getting it right and getting it wrong in terms of getting your fitness at its absolute peak. You know, I think uh, in 2000, uh, sorry, 2013 and 2014, we were growing towards that peak, but maybe we've just gone, you know, just a little bit to the other side of that now, and maybe they were a little bit overworked. Yeah, I don't know. I just, we really need a neutral uh, fitness expert on here, probably to. To sort of answer that question, but even our work rate in the in the first half of games doesn't look the same. And everyone's talking about the these key strategies where they're just dumping excess players in our defensive fifty, sorry, our forward fifty, trying to clog up space, and uh, or clogging up the uh, the centre square, uh, depriving us of our uh, centre run. Um, yeah, we just. And structurally, we just don't seem to be right, which which then seems to make us look like we're not fit. And I just wonder if we've just been caught out with our structures. And a, a good example was that was the last quarter where um, Broadbent's in the pack situation and he just distributes the ball straight out to a Brisbane player 
thinking it's um, thinking it was a poor player. It's almost to me like you know the gridiron stories where they um, they get the hands on the playbook and uh, then they leave it uh, leave it around for everyone to see. And uh, almost makes me wonder did Phil Walsh take our playbook and fax it through to uh, the other uh, sixteen teams in the competition to go, hey, here you go, boys. This is what you need to do. But um, or Mark Rashudo might have done that for him. Um, but yeah, it's just. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's fitness, but I do think what's happened is, though, that the boys have lost a bit of confidence and and uh, they're giving up. Yeah, I, that's all I could see on on Sunday. They they looked like they just gave up and they didn't even try in that last quarter. Yeah, you can certainly see yeah. Travis was uh, uh, frustrated quite a few times in that. It looked like he was trying to lift the boys, but they just weren't going. And, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it, it could be a structural issue, but is the structures out because they can't run and get into position that they need to be? Yeah, well, I think so. I think the opposition teams are, are matching up in a way that um, it's throwing our runners out of whack, so to speak, and they don't know where to go. And uh, and therefore, we're losing all run altogether because we're not running to the right places. Um, if you Our key our key targets or our key deliverers of, of run, like Matty White, um, you know, who's grossly down. Um, Pittard's been down in the last two weeks, so teams have worked over them um, quite well. And obviously Polek's out, and don't know if his injury was affecting him uh, before he left, but um, obviously his output's been down a little bit as well. But the thing I don't get is this argument that the opposition teams are studying us more closely and therefore um, stifling us because, uh, as I said on the forums, how come uh, how come they're not doing that to Fremantle, or Sydney, Hawthorne, uh, those teams? Um, they've been up for such a long period of time, and uh, you know how come the opposition teams haven't studied them and been able to negate those teams as well? I don't think that's really a strong argument. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I. I don't agree with that either. I think uh, that's a load of crap, to be honest. But, um, I mean, we, we just haven't won many games in recent history. That's <laughs> that's what it boils down to. What, we've won three games this year. We won about, what, four of our last 10 or 11 last year. So we're just in a bit of a rut mm. at the moment. And I don't know. I, I don't think opposition teams are spending any more time trying to dissect our game plan as they would anyone else's. Because we didn't win a premiership last year. We didn't make a grand final last year. So I just can't see that being true. Um, I don't know. For me, it just comes down to fitness. We just look sluggish all over the park. We're just not getting into uh, into position quick enough. We're lacking run, as you said, on the outside. We, you know, Polex out of the team. White looks to be injured or, or carrying something. Um, other players aren't stepping up. I guess it leads us to say uh, the other sort of elephant in the room um, where sort of, you know, last year we were able to stop opposition momentum so successfully and we really saw a quick run of goals like we saw yesterday and that we've seen all year. Um, so what's changed from 2014? And, you know, it may be unpopular, but how much influence has the departure of Phil Walsh had to our midfield group? Nick, you've disappeared. <laughs> nah, I, just, I try not to think of him as the reason behind us doing so badly. I mean, sure, he helped uh, develop the team last year and the year before, but uh, laying everything on Phil Walsh 
for all our problems. I think is the kind of like the coward's way out. If you want to, if you want to mm. go that way, uh, it's the work rate of the boys. It's it's the, on them. I reckon they need to pick up the work rate themselves, not blame on a coach. Well, is a yep. is the counter argument? Um, it's not the loss loss of Walsh, but maybe is it the addition of Voss? Is is that part of the issue? Because um, our structures are out of whack, and uh, Walsh took over from Alan Richardson. So Richo did a great job with Hinkley. Walsh continued on that great work with Hinkley, and uh, and then the Walsh to Voss transition seems to have been uh, a little bit sloppy. And uh, I guess. Uh, Michael didn't have the best career at Brisbane where there was a bit of player disharmony and uh, as well as uh, not a very good record as a coach. And is there maybe a little bit of a, a coincidence that that's really been the only major change in the, in the coaching panel and we definitely seem to be uh, struggling with our midfield matchups? I actually thought our midfield matchups were pretty good yesterday, and I actually thought our structures were pretty good. I thought we had more sort of clean clearances, better takeaways. We were able to get fine space on the outside uh, better than we have done all year. We just couldn't deliver it properly. I thought that was the issue yesterday, as opposed to sort of poor structures and getting thrashed in the midfield. Why would we have tagged um, Rockcliffe over Beams? Because Rockcliffe can absolutely destroy teams. More so than yeah, Beams. Can't Beams as well. Well, of course, and is it, but isn't, it isn't comes to the point where Brisbane... Injured? Oh, not really. I wouldn't have thought so. No, I thought he was a bit injured. No, he got knocked out a couple of weeks ago. That was about it. Mm. I think, well, his influence was curbed to the point where you think you maybe would have switched it to, um, to Beams uh, just to see if he can curb his influence a little bit in the game. Yeah. I mean, in the end, we were playing Bokoff Beams. So, I don't know. They both played well. I don't think Beams was their match winner. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm sort of on the fence with the Voss debate. I, I mean, I get I entertain myself with the discussion because it does have me intrigued because um, mm. he is the uh, the key difference in our coaching box and the, the, the strategy doesn't seem to be right. So... I just sort of wonder, is there a bit of a correlation there? But as I said earlier, it's um, in the season, it's it's one of those ones you can only sort of look at retrospectively. You can't uh, you can't look at it uh, after seven games and be that judgmental. I mean, but I mean, Loby and uh, Ryder sort of got pants last, uh, yesterday, didn't they? Do you reckon? I actually well, thought, I um, thought I, I thought our ruck work was, was well, pretty good, but yeah. it was just going uh, to play it. Well, Ryder was, was struggling to be a clean player for the bulk of the game, I thought. He, he kept getting near the ball, but kept dropping it and fumbling it. And, uh, and Stefan Martin actually got um, second best on ground in the coaches' vote. So they, the coaches obviously thought he had a great game as well. Martin did a lot around the ground, but his ruck work wasn't fantastic. Yeah, well, that's still part of the work of being a ruckman, isn't it? It's not just with the taps. Sure. It's what I mean, I thought, I thought Ryder was good. I had him in my top five. Did you? It was just un- yeah, it was just unfortunate that he didn't kick his, uh, his three shots of goal. But I yeah. thought his work up forward was, was reasonably good, and I thought he was... Um, I think he had the best sort of um, conversion rate in terms of hit-outs to clearances. 
What about our um, what about our goal kicking yesterday? Abysmal. <laughs> it's just one word to describe it. Eight goals, seventeen. I mean, that's as you know, Rick. That's been a bugbear of mine for the last sort of twelve months, and you know, it, it hasn't really improved much. And you know, eight goals, seventeen is just not acceptable. Yeah, no, mm. not at all. When you're kicking over double points, then you're kicking goals. You got to look at that and wonder what the hell's going on with the kicking. Yeah, and some I mean, of Ryder's three shots were. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ryder had three shots, you know, two in the second quarter, which could have blown the game open, and, you know, they were pretty gettable, and, you know, he missed all of them, and, you know, Wingard missed a couple of shots, and, you know, Schultz missed a couple that you you would normally expect he would eat up. You know, Hartlett kicked out on the full from about 40 metres out. Um, Boke and Mitchell had shots on the line, um, which got I was gonna say, you know, how, marked on the many, line. Uh, and, how many shots? How many shots on goal were actually marked on the line? I couldn't believe it. It was like four. Yeah, yeah it was a few. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, an, an, an extra meter and they would have counted. So, you know, I mean, a little bit of luck there, I guess. But, you know, it, it just comes down to the fact that time and time again, when the pressure's on, we just can't deliver in front of goal. And, you know, it's been an issue for a long time. It's cost us games. It's cost us finals in the last couple of years. So, you know, at some point, they've got to try and work through that and, and fix a, a pretty clear problem. Well, is that, again, not being able to handle pressure? Absolutely, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's something that we spoke about on the first podcast of the year, and, you know, how is the club going to deal with the expectation and, and that sort of pressure, and, you know, I don't think they've been able to handle it at this point. No. I, part of me also... It, it's not clear either, is it? I mean, it's not crystal clear. I mean, if we had beaten West Coast and Brisbane and lost to Hawthorne and the Crows, you'd be able to clearly say that we aren't good enough to beat the top size at the moment. But, you know, we beat Hawthorne, we beat North away, we beat the Crows when they were in good form, we pushed Frio to the last couple of minutes. You know, is it mental? Is that what the problem is? Well, you've just sort of segued me into what I was about to say, which is um, I just... We had such a build-up about playing the big games. I'm wondering if the, I'm wondering if the players are being disrespectful to the so-called easy game, even though there isn't an easy game. But I guess the games which aren't the big high-profile games, which are these Sunday afternoon games, um, maybe they're not handling the, uh, the build-up to those. And uh, it's not that marquee fixture where there's going to be the 50,000 people coming to uh, and on prime time and they're not, be- they're not able to get themselves up. Maybe there is a bit of a mental aspect to it they're, that they're on a bit of a letdown with these minor games after what they've accomplished. Yeah. We've had a couple of tweets in. Um, Catherine McDonald has said, we may have overcheesed using this God mode we tend to activate in big games. It masks how we're young and not quite there yet. Uh, she also said, start of 2014, all three finals in the Hawthorne first quarter involved the opposition being taken aback by our God mode. Which is true, but um, I'll have to disagree and say that I don't think we're actually all that young anymore. You know, we had almost a thousand more games than them on the park yesterday. Um, and you should have expected us to beat, um, you know, someone that was bottom of the ladder with a percentage of 57 at the start of yesterday's game. Yes. It I agree with you like there, Maka. It didn't feel like they were a bottom of the team ladder. <laughs> no. I mean, their midfield did, uh, you know, did do a pretty good job. And, you know, they, they've got a, a pretty good midfield. It's definitely the best part of their team. I actually thought our defence once again stood up 
uh, as much as they possibly could. Um, you know, Homsch did a very good job on uh, Daniel McStay, who kicked four goals last week. He kept him to two touches. Um, Trengo did an all right job on Lewenberger. Um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling to find <laughs> positives out of this, to be honest. Mm. Well, you've done well. I think you've been reasonably positive. You've been more positive than me. A lot of us Is have, it... and, and probably fair enough. I mean, you, you just you expect to win these games, but I don't know. I mean, you think back, and you know, in 2004, we lost by nearly 100 points to North Melbourne, who didn't make the finals. We got thrashed by the Crows, who didn't make the finals. We got you know thumped late in the year to Essendon, who were who struggled. Um, you know, these sort of games do sometimes happen to good teams. Mm. Well, how's, here's another one for the both of you. How what what makes Westoff and Hartlett so polarising? Because in victories they seem so great, but in our losses they seem abysmal. So what you're saying is they're front runners. Don't put words into my mouth. <laughs> I think <laughs> is it that uh, sort of the gauge for that club? So if if we're, the club's doing great. Westhoff's going to be up there leading the goal kicking, well, not leading the goal kicking, but getting a lot of disposals, getting tackles, marking the ball. But uh, when we're not doing well, where's he gone? Yeah. Oh, look, we've got a lot of players, I think, that, um, yeah, I think we've got a lot of players that, um, you know, don't seem to stand up when we absolutely need them to. When we're under the pump, they seem to go a little bit missing. And I don't think that's unfair to say that. I think um, we're at a point in our season and, you know, in our list structure where we need to talk about that sort of thing. And, you know, that's been a criticism of Westhoff his whole career. It's been a criticism of Hartlett his whole career that um, when we're winning, they look a million dollars. And when we're not, um, you know, you just can't really see them out there. And look, Hamish Hartlett's stats once again yesterday were pretty good. I mean, 22 touches, seven tackles, nine contested possessions. You know, he was around the ball a lot. Five inside 50s, four clearances. He did a lot of work, but honestly, I can't remember a, barely a single thing that he did. Other than so kick out how, do, how does that work? How, do, how does that work? Because I'm exactly with you. He, to me, if you said to me, oh, what did he do? I would have gone, I don't know, not much. He was hardly yeah. noticeable. So what is he doing? I don't get it. I mean, he just seems to be getting a lot of his touches behind the ball at the moment. Um you know, he's not having that impact that we expect from Hamish Hartlett. And look, at his best, he's you know just about the most brilliant player in our team. I mean, he's unstoppable when he's on song, but you know, maybe he's hampered by a bit of an injury. I mean, he did miss a fair chunk of the preseason. You know, he missed a, a fair chunk of the games in the preseason. So maybe he's still not over that um, that little injury that he had. So who are the other ones? Do you want me to name names? <laughs> I want you to name names. <laughs> Look, I think Matty White uh, struggles when we're not um, when we're not on song. I think um, you know Jay Schultz and his goal kicking is a bit of an issue when we need him to stand up. Um, you know, sometimes he, he misses some shots. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think Tom Jonas hasn't had a very good year at all. Um, you know, That's maybe important. someone like Brad Ebert. Even you know, Brad Ebert was well down yesterday on what we normally expect. Yeah, you didn't see much of him either. And Broadbent's another. He had 22 touches, and yeah, he that was probably his best game of the year, but um, still not at the standard that we would normally expect from Matty Broadbent. Mm. And how did you find... Um, oh, 
before I forget. And look, I'm going to cut you off there, Rick, and say that, look, I think it's, it might be a bit harsh for me to name names because everyone struggled yesterday except for probably Robbie Gray. He was the only one that put in a true four-quarter effort. Um, and you can't really criticise a whole much of what he did, but everyone else on the park sort of struggled. It is a team effort, and you know they all let us down a bit. Yeah, um, I did want to. Uh, I did want to say though, uh, uh, as I fumble around, um, <laughs> I was actually a bit critical of Cam O'Shea being selected. And I think Nick yeah. was backing me up about his Oh, selection. yes, 100% agree. And, and, uh, and it's not because I don't like him. I actually do like Cam O'Shea. But I thought under Hinckley it was about rewarding players for their form. And from the, the bits that I had seen and the, the experts that go out and watch every week that I listen to, um, he didn't have the form in the SNFL to warrant selection. And yeah. uh, I was very, and it's not even about Arch, who I'm a big fan of, but I was a bit disappointed that he uh, was dropped. But I mean, if you're going to argue for someone to come in, I would have thought that uh, potentially Paul Stewart was probably in better form than what Cam O'Shea was. And he brought that poor form into the Brisbane game. And that's not his fault that he got picked because who, which player is going to go, oh, I don't want to play. Because I'm not informed, they're never going to do that. So, but I do think the coach has made a mistake in picking him. No doubt. Yep, I agree with that 100%. I don't think his form warranted a spot in the side, and I think maybe they just brought him in to add an extra defensive number with Carlisle out of the side. But we really didn't need to bring in his sort of player. I mean, you go through the list, and we've got Broadbent, we've got uh, Hartlett, Jonas, Cracker, O'Shea, Pittard that all play that sort of half-back flank role. It's just too many mm. half-back flankers at the moment. Where's Porsche when we need her? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But that's, it was we're getting a, a, we're getting a call in. We're Hello? getting a call in from Matt Sullivan. G'day, mate. How are you? G'day, guys. How you going? Hey, Matty. Hey, Nick. We got, My we got co-host. The, we got the good game this week. <laughs> we <remember>. did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all happy, good spirits on Wednesday. And <laughs> oh, crikey. What a, what a, what so a... how did you see the game, mate? Eh? Mate, I don't... It's an issue. I, I don't think fitness. I just think attitude. It, you know, we've all been... I assume in, in, in some capacity we've all been in sports team-based, individual, you know, three or four people on a team kind of, any team-based thing, it's attitude. Because they've got the talent. That's the thing. It's it's not, it's, if, if we're in a situation like Carlton right now, oh, you're looking three or four years down the track, you, you, regardless of even if whether, the Carlton could beat us. Next week if Carlton played us at Adelaide Oval, they would, if, or if we went to go, we went and played Carlton last week, you know they could have got us because I don't think I don't rate Brisbane, and I, th- I think we've heard that a bit too much too. Oh, you know you're just off a of five, off a of five percent. Oh, I I spoke to I spoke to Hamish on Monday out of that Jay Jay Schultz launch thing when he last Monday he yeah Matt yeah if he, you you go for five percent I I feel like saying dude don't even talk don't think like that no you smash them you you and you don't disrespect them by smashing you just smash them because that's the thing you got to do and so it's an attitude mm. thing it's an attitude it's a willingness to get to those contests in numbers and hunt so it's, well it's is a it a structural thing are I'm they not in that, the yeah. right 
are they in not the right position at the contest to be able to impact it? Oh, I heard tonight, Graham Corns mentioned, and it was a thing I thought about earlier, was just that one extra tall, you know, in that wintry, wet conditions. Could you have had the guts to say, I don't know, who, who was up there? Did, did we take an emergency up there for the game? You know, like you look at the weather, go with one ruckman and an extra runner. Maybe we should have just done something like that in those conditions. That's some, yeah. that's something I thought about. I think they took up, uh, Calhoun. Well, maybe Sammy should have played. You might have, may, 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 I don't know. But then, then again, would that have changed the attitudes there, Rick Macker, Nicky? Now, you know, look at that attitude. We we we're seeing it. We're seeing, aren't we? We're seeing relaxed, just just finger pointing with old the old stuff. That's it's there in the guys. You know, I don't it's know. funny. I, I thought our attitude was pretty good yesterday. Looking at it. From without that emotion of watching it live, I actually thought the players went in pretty hard yesterday. They just weren't good enough, mm. and the skills weren't there, and the the pressure wasn't there. But I actually thought when we were in the contest, especially in the first half, up until they got that run of four goals, I thought we were playing pretty good footy. Well, the counter the counter stat to the work rate issue is our tackling numbers are through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a bit of a bit of a misnomer because uh, you know they were first to the ball quite often. Yeah. Well, there's the fumbling skills and stuff's a bit of a worry though. That is a genuine. Concern. But all the other stats, I mean, you can't really look at the stats in this game and yeah. gather anything out of it really because it was basically even across the board. I mean, disposals were pretty much even. Same with hitouts. Same with clearances. Inside fifties were dead even. Contested possessions were pretty much dead even. I mean, it was pretty even across the board, but you know, one team was was able to kick goals, and the other one, you know, couldn't hit a target. And it's the same story in regards to when you see the way they get some of those cheap goals just out the back, just little discipline things, and just the ability yeah. just to. Uh, I, I'm sick and tired of seeing guys that are just running in 30, 40 meters, and they just chip and they're looking for, a, they're lowering their eyes instead of just looking at the goals and and just uh, just confidence. You know, west off turns around and kicks the ball almost just over his head. Schultze gets the free, but you should have just gone for goal. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Was that the second? Might have been the second or third quarter or something. And so why didn't he just turn around and just kick it? So it's just little frustrating yeah. things like that where, yeah, it's, they need a psychiatrist or something. They just need, they just need one of those sessions with the guys where they're literally just, just a bit of a, it's all in the head. In the head, guys. Get the hypnotist back from uh, start of last year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe something he said. So, all right. I want to talk about some individual players uh, briefly. Carl Amon, he had his debut. Um, not just had his debut, but there was a wonderful piece um, before the game um, about Carl Amon, and I never actually realised that he had so many physical issues growing up. Um, and it was actually quite an interesting piece, and quite remarkable that he's able to, uh, to stand here today and call himself an AFL player. And, you know, I thought he had a, a pretty good debut, to be honest. Good on him for getting He had an awesome debut. Him. He put a few midfielders to shame with his uh, just over a quarter performance with what he did. Mm. You'd like to see Kicked him... a nice goal and, mm. you know, provided lots of run. That's great. I'd like to see him get a full game. I think he'd be he'd be influential. You need to see some, some guys that are just hungry like that and just to... Just to remind some of the other players that hey, you know, you, you, your your spot on the side's just not it's not uh, setting concrete. Even mm. the players that you think, oh, okay, because I, 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 have we ever would we ever think that we'd see Hamish Hartlett or Matt White in a Maggie's jumper? Can we can we stomach that thought? You know, is that possible? 
you know, maybe maybe some of the Hartlett, just... I doubt they'll ever drop Hartlett, but I can definitely see Matt White getting dropped. Mm. And pretty soon. Yeah, I can see that. No, I, I just don't think physically he's right. I just don't think he's physically right out there. But yeah, mm. is dropping Hamish the answer though, or is is it more about repositioning Hamish? Did we have to make yes. him yeah. accountable and say, "Hey, we're going to play you in the guts for the full game, and this is what we expect," and mm. uh, and put the onus on him to stand up to a more um, a senior position instead of just getting uh, playing that uh, Peter Burgoyne seagull role at the back of the pack. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely an option, and you know, I'd still prefer him to be you know somewhere around the forward line, to be honest. If he's going to play not in the midfield, then I much prefer him to be on a forward flank than a back flank. Mm. Well, he's so damaging, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. The other player I want to talk about is Jarman Impey. It was his first game uh, since round two. Um, how did we see his game? That's not bad. I liked it. No, I uh, I felt that, again, he's just coming back from, from a bit of injury. Like, he's it's finding his way on the side. Uh, he's just young. He, he doesn't... He, he shouldn't be... We shouldn't have him and other those type of players carrying the side or feeling like they are the... They're not the leaders and they're not the influential ones. So, yeah, pretty good game. Mm. Yeah, not bad at all. I thought he was up and down I thought he was up and down I thought uh, defensively mm. he was pretty good at times and his yeah. attack at the ball is unquestionable you know, he, he tackled hits, really he hits well. it super hard and I thought his mm. disposal was pretty good as well but you know, he, he just let Green get away from him on a couple of occasions especially at crucial times of the game and you know, Green was arguably their match winner with three goals um, so yeah, it was a bit of an up and down performance but certainly one to grow on um, and I've much prefer him to stay in the side for the rest of the season, to be honest. So what about Tom Jonas, boys? What's going on there? Yeah, good question. Struggling. That is, yeah. Struggling. Is is he one that might potentially uh, get dropped? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Just the thought of that is, is just unheard of. But, yeah, he, he might just need that. If not, just a... I don't know. Could you afford to give him just a week off, just to? I don't know. That's the thing I'm thinking. Of, is the boys, again, there's certain leaders and certain senior players that just need to be reminded. You need to put your finger out because, as good as you are, you know we're, we're looking at we've got a season that's just getting away from us. And pull your head in, get your get your game on because otherwise. You know, your your, side, your spot on the side is not uh, is not set there. You know, if you're not getting, you're not performing. So there's certain players like like White and of course Jonas. Wow. Yep, I would I would reconsider it. I guess the only problem there, guys, is is there a backup for him? Where's the quality well, there? Paul Stewart so. had Do a we... cracker of a game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Stewie. I mean, there's Cleary. I mean, we probably don't even need to replace him in terms of bringing in an extra defensive number if we're going to play seven back flankers in the side, to be honest, but mm. which we are doing at the moment. But look, I mean, he's pretty much been coasting all year, to be honest. He's been a bit of a disappointment, and I'm a huge fan of Tommy Jonas, but yeah, he needs to uh, he needs to get his head right and, um, and start playing some great footy again. Well, put it this way, does Hinkley have... Does he have to find some people... Uh, make them even scapegoats in some degree. Well, they're not even going to be scapegoats. So you could, you could uh, mount a case for most people being dropped, really. Um, you know, but does he have to make a stand here and say this isn't tolerable? 
Well, do we drop a Jonas? Do we drop a Westhoff and make a statement? I mean, it, Ooh, I think you could easily make a case for that. If it yeah. just keeps going, it's only two games. I don't know. There's a lot to be said again for sticking the same side and just uh, saying, hey, guys, okay, have you, you, you're done with all your mucking around and you got your head all screwed backwards? Right, good, let's go. Because I'd like to see, I'd like to think that, you know, there's a good time, 300 games for, for Kane, the whole building up of this this game, uh, just to, to stick with some belief. You know, and just don't get carried away with changes. Changes can be dangerous. No, can't always just be just good to have changes. You want good, proper changes. If you're going to bring people in, they've got to be worthy of it. So. Yeah, but you can't reward uh, incompetency either. True, I agree. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are thinking they're playing arrogant and lazy football. Um, so that being the case, um, what is it? What message are you sending to the people in the seconds? that are trying to work their way up into the senior side uh, if you're not willing to make some of these players accountable. Um, and so, therefore, uh, the people below that are trying to fight their way into the team are going to become disillusioned. I mean, you could mount a case for Archie being disillusioned a little bit because he did nothing wrong and he, he got dropped on the on the flimsy argument that he needed a full game. I, I mean, one of them a full game... He'll be in next week, surely. I can't. Uh, I, I would reckon that there'd be a couple of guys of message sent to bring back Arch. We'll, we'll talk about that yeah. in a minute with the SNFL, but the, you know, there's probably seven or eight guys in pretty good form that could all justifiably make a case for coming into that AFL team. So, I guess it's just a, a matter of you know what Kenny and the coaching staff want to do. Do they back them in, knowing that their best is good enough? These players. Or yeah, do they, a, you know, drop a bit of a big name and, and make a bit of a statement? I mean, it's that's why they get they get paid the big bucks, I guess. The other thing too, Graham Hitch has sent a message on uh, Facebook, guys. Uh, can I uh, read that out, Mackie? You all good for that? Yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting because he brings up something that I, I was hoping you guys would talk about, or I'm happy to bring up. He says, watching on TV from afar, we seem to always want to play safe. Last year we would take shots from anywhere. This year we want to. Pinpoint a pass to someone 25 out. Play that cute kind of millionaire's footy. Last year, we seemed to play a more free-flowing, albeit riskier style. I don't think we have the skills to play this safe style. It's a good point, man. Well, you could argue well, that the, we this, play this comes safe. back to the chicken and the egg, doesn't it? You know, do we play this safe style because we don't have the fitness to be able to perform that fast-running, you know, play-on-at-all-cost footy that we did last year? Or, you know, have we overthought ourselves a little bit and have tweaked our game plan thinking that it might uh, be on a winner, but it's actually not. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it's really hard to say. And as we spoke about um, last week, I mean, playing this, you know, millionaire's footy or feng shui footy, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, um, it's frustrating watching us try and play that because I don't think we have the skill level to do it. It's certainly not, the, right wet. Certainly not the wet, but not the wet. There's something about that. Worried about a whip. It did look all right against Frio, but uh, we still lost that game. So, yeah, we did, but I mean, we were pretty unlucky. Key moments could have gone our way, and we could have had a victory. But our skills were high, and uh, we were able to transition between the two game styles against Frio um, very, very well between the possession and the and the and the fast running. And we've seemed to have lost that ability to transition between the two game plans. And if teams are going to flood back into our forward 50 to deprive us of space, we do need to master that possession game plan. And if we're going to compare mm. ourselves to the best, let's use Hawthorne, 
that's what Hawthorne would do. If we flooded into the Hawthorne forward 50, they will maintain possession, either try and draw players out of the out of their forward 50, or they will just keep pin pass, pointing passes and move the ball around until they hit a target inside forward 50. And and we seem to try it, and then we panic, and we don't, and then yeah. we just bomb it long instead of trying to do that pinpoint delivery. Hmm. Well, look. Can we beat Richmond this week? Can we turn it around this week in Kane's farewell game at uh, Adelaide Oval? I'd like to say we could. I mean, if we're going along with uh, Maddie's uh, whole thought and attitude, uh, I mean, the boys want to bring the win for Kane. If that's mm. what it takes, then they'll lift their game if that's the case. Yeah. Yep. No, you think, I think thing. we can. Yep, it's... Well, does it take this? Does it take a loss to Brisbane for the boys to realise, just 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 to kind of just snap out of it? They probably just thought that they could go up there and just yeah. There's subconsciously there's this kind of it'll it's Brisbane for crying out loud. Then and then you just get caught out. So yeah, well, I mean, we thought that after the West Coast game. I mean, like we think that uh, lost West Coast might have yep. snapped us out of it, but uh, yeah, that's exactly right. That's right. Well, look, we'll, uh, we shall move on to the SNFL and we shall say goodbye mm. to you, Matthew. I bid you adieu. Your thoughts on, uh, yes. on Wednesday night. Save it for Wednesday. Out. That's it. Well, <laughs> thanks for calling in, buddy. Thanks, lads. Great show, by the right. way. <laughs> and Matthew. I've got you. another Who Am I? I've already queued up another one. Oh, oh here we go. Simba. So what's, Simba the, uh, what's the Simba. prize? What's the prize? We'll do the same thing. We'll do another uh, store voucher. Beautiful. We'll do another hundred dollar store voucher. Simba was keen for another one. Yep. So uh, the the clue for tonight is um, I've played on uh, I've played in the uh, AFL list. I like it. I like it. <laughs> there you well, go. That, so uh, if, anyone, if anyone wants a random guess of uh, who, <laughs> hundred and fifty six options there, isn't that right? <laughs> Something like yeah, that. Bit, so he played in the it. AFL or was just on our list? No, they they played. Or we'll on get our to that. AF, they've played it. They play. All right, they played an AFL game for us. Okay. All right. All there right. Options are plenty so, there. <laughs> there is. All right. Well, look. Let's move on and talk about the SNFL. Um, it was better news at SANFL level. Port uh, continuing their dominance over the Crows uh, with a come-from-behind 35-point victory, 20 goals, 14, uh, to 15 goals, 9 at Balaclava. Um, Palmer and Need kicked three goals each, uh, with two goals coming from Sammy Gray, Johan Wagner, um, Austin, and also Mitch Harvey. Oh. So we were... It looked like we were down by as much as 24 points during that first half. Um, you know, we hit the lead very late in the third quarter and ran over the top of them in the last... How did you see the game, Nick? Oh, it was a little worrying at first, especially when they started so well. Uh, mm. But uh, when we started coming back in that first quarter and just kept the the scoreline reasonably cl- uh, close throughout the whole thing, and uh, then in that last quarter, we just took off. And just like, this is ours. See you later, guys. We're going to win this. And oh, it was just great. I loved it. <laughs> It was probably that extra. We, we let them have a, a bit of fun for their fans in the mid north, and uh, and then we got serious after halftime. 
I thought the fans was actually a bit disappointing. There wasn't a massive turnout there. No, compared to last year at Clare, um, yeah, wasn't as big. Yeah. But I, I think Clare is a bigger town, so it would have attracted a lot more people. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot on. I mean, there was the Clare Gourmet Festival on, which was uh, you know only twenty minutes away. So, I mean, there was a lot on in the in the mid north on the weekend. So, yeah, maybe that had a bit to do with the crowd as well. But. Mm. So who did you uh, who did you like? Who did you think was in form and worthy of being considered for um, AFL selection? Nick, there's a few. Uh, we uh, had a lot of uh, really good players. Um, I mean, I could go with Paul Stewart. Start with him. He was played a cracker of a game. Loved it. Um, Sam Gray, one of my favourites, of course, as you guys know. Uh, yep. With his two goals, and he got around that ball so much. I love how he plays. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you could name almost all the sides. They just played really well. <laughs> what about the two guys that got dropped this week in Aaron Young and Brendan Archie? Both uh, put up some pretty impressive numbers. Uh, yeah, uh, despite Aaron Young missing, you know, was it that uh, what, was they got one for three, uh, one goal, three points. Yep. Uh, he still got around, got a lot of the. Uh, uh, the knock hit out to him, so he got that ball and just bombed it forward so many times. And it was Andrew Moore was the other one, did you say? Oh, no, Archie. Uh, Archie, yeah. Yeah, Archie, he performed really well, and he's definitely wanting to get back up into the AFL side. You can yeah. tell I thought, um, I thought Aaron Young's skills were as a, a little bit sloppy for an AFL player um, for that standard. Uh, I might, You could argue that maybe I'm being a bit critical, but... I thought uh, a few handballs didn't really hit the target as well as what they should have and everything else. But um, I really liked what I saw from An- Andrew Moore in the centre. Uh, I think he should be really pushing uh, hard for a uh, position. And uh, a lot of people are arguing we're, we're missing, uh, especially with Ollie Wines, some contested ball winners. So you would think um, Andrew Moore and, and Brendan Archie, who I thought had a very serviceable game going back as well, um, they should be uh, pushing strongly for uh, uh, selection. And with Ollie Wines coming back, we'll, which should help turn our fortunes around a little bit with Ollie Wines coming back in the side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Jake, what about Jake he Nade? kicked three goals. Oh, yeah, Jake he kicked Nade. three goals. <laughs> the, the pocket rocket there, he was really... Any, any time that the ball came towards him, he just got it. He uh, tackled really hard too and... Yeah, three goals from him was a great show from from Needy. Yeah. Do we need him? I kind of like to keep him in the uh, SNFL at the moment. He's doing really well. <laughs> uh, but well, I think an informed Jake Need is a, is a very good player at AFL level and yeah. you know, a bit of a match winner. Certainly is. Yeah. If, if he gets called up, then good on him. He, he definitely does deserve it. So. Mm. Well, I mean, people were saying that, even though a lot of people wanted need out, um, now we've got the fans saying that we need need for the uh, uh, for the crumbing. Uh, and I guess it goes back to that structures, is our structures not allowing us to have crummers? Surely we've got enough crummers as it is. But um, a confident need, um, he does add a bit of zip into that, especially in that forward 50 area. Mm. Yeah, it certainly does. And... Uh... Our crumbing work uh, in the AFL level probably does need a bit of work, I reckon. So, I mean, we, we as you said, we got a few of them, but they're not really doing the job as well as you would expect. 
That's it. We wanted him to go down and get some confidence at SFNFL level, and it looks like he's done that. He's been pretty consistent over the last you know, two or three weeks, so uh, it's good to see him playing some pretty good footy. Certainly. Now, Tim... someone else that I want to talk about is uh, Johnny Butcher. He only had the two Butch. kicks and the one mark for the day. I think uh, a lot of people might have thought he got injured out there going by his stats. He bit his tongue. Mm. Literally, that he actually hurt. Did. Yeah, he actually did bite his tongue. I don't know what when it happened, but uh, it may have happened early on. But I don't know. He was he actually playing after the first quarter? I didn't even notice him. Ian um, Ian from Facebook took a couple of cracker photos of his tongue, actually with a lot of blood on it. Yeah, and, that's uh, actually where I found out he had bit his tongue from Ian's photos. Yeah, <laughs> so, and uh, they were cracker photos. But I don't know if you guys have ever done it. Uh, I've bitten my tongue and it didn't bleed and it bloody hurt. So, him to bite his tongue and and be bleeding, he he would have been in a fair bit of pain, I reckon. So, yeah, uh, but our key defender Logan Austin kicked a goal, oh. Macca. Kicked two, two, mate. He kicked two. There you go. Maybe there's uh, signs of converting him to a power forward. Did I not well, say this uh, earlier on? I, I said that Logan should be up forward. Uh, it's showing. It's showing he should be up there. So, uh, yeah, he's going to yeah. be a player. I reckon he's going to be a very good player. Oh yeah, yeah I, I hope next so. Year he'll be uh, signed on to the power. I reckon. I reckon that's going to happen. Well, he is it with the it. power? Is it? He? Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean you mean he'll be selected for senior games? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's it. All right, boys. We might leave it there for tonight. Nick, no uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. Always a pleasure. And we'll be four and four by the end of next weekend and we're still in with a hunt. I like That's that it. attitude. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That's well it. what do we got? We've got fifteen games left, don't we? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. something about that. Yep. <laughs> so we've got fifteen games and we have to win a minimum of nine out of fifteen. So what are we looking at? 66%, 60% of our gains we have to win. We should be able to do that if we're good yeah. enough. Mm. So, uh, and that's what I was saying yesterday. We we strung, what, 11 wins last year yep. in a row? In that early first it, uh, half of the season. Yeah, and then we had our bad six-game six patch. So, it's not all completely doom and gloom, even though we've been pretty dismal and uh, woeful on our podcast tonight <laughs> so uh, hopefully they come out and do it for Kane otherwise Macca and I are going to get drunk in the lounge <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> alright boys alright until next time can the pair can the pair see you later goes back Lockwood can unload oh he goes the top the old barrel what a kick from Bob and Lockwood where did that Well, they put Adelaide held the ball up. They had no one to kick it to. There was about four or five.